Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Earl Hutz. He is the Chief Operating Officer at ThoroughCare. He's an accomplished operations professional and services leader in the IT industry that specializes in enterprise software development operations, consulting, and deployment with significant experience in successfully leading professional services and technical operations teams. Thorough sound leadership is what drives him, and a strong communication and talent recruitment skills all combine him into an outstanding leader in healthcare. At ThoroughCare, they're providing a tech-enabled platform services option that supports healthcare professionals with the administration of care management and wellness programs. In his role as Chief Operating Officer, he provides leadership and oversight for numerous diverse business functions, including product strategy and development, contracting, strategic partnerships, business development, and investor relationships. The really neat thing is how they're helping practices, large and small, care for their patients. And especially during this time, it's important that we start looking at different options to do what we do better more optimally. And so with that, I want to I wanna give you a warm welcome, Earl. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, thank you, Saul, for having me today. Absolutely. So you guys are doing some fascinating things at Thorough Care to simplify care management and also wellness programs. And so we're going to dive into that pretty deep here today. But before we do, I'd love to just get a better feel for what inspires your work in healthcare. So I'll, I'll go back to how I initially uh, found myself in, in the healthcare space. I started my professional career as a, as a software developer and I'd worked in the banking industry and happened to just familiarize myself with a technology stack that was being utilized by a healthcare services provider uh, technology organization um, that were looking to to hire programmers. And it was an opportunity for me to take a step forward in my career. And I found myself in the healthcare space. Again, no specific desire to be there just the familiarity with the technology. And as I began my career in healthcare, I began to take immediate notice as to how I was making or able to assist in making a difference in the enrichment of people's lives in in the sense that I'm helping build the solutions that healthcare professionals are using in order to manage patient care and drive them to or toward a better quality of life. So um, fast forward about 20 plus years and here I am today and I really don't see myself ever working outside of the healthcare domain again. Uh, it's grown on me to that point where, you know, you live it and you breathe it. And, you know, if you can touch, you know, the life of one person through doing what you do or through what I'm doing, you know, it certainly can become an enlightening moment in your life and your career. So. That's that's really about it. There's not any anything more deep than that. It's just the opportunity to improve the lives of fellow Americans or fellow humans, for that matter. Is is just certainly an enlightening one. Yeah, Earl. No, that's awesome. And you started in software development and finance, and just so happens that you know that tech stack that you were familiar with helped you transition, and now you're here. You've been doing some pretty awesome work in healthcare. Let's explore ThoroughCare, your company. And so talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem and specifically who are you helping and how are you doing it? 
Sure. So ThoroughCare, uh, you were a provider of a tech-enabled platform service, and really we're all about simplifying clinical staff workflow and driving healthier outcomes. Uh, targeted toward the Medicare population, which saw, as you know, is growing to about 60 million Americans and about two-thirds to 70% of which have multiple chronic conditions. So when ThoroughCare was formulated as an organization, it was initially about helping healthcare professionals assess their patients in a more streamlined and effective, efficient manner. We, my business partner, uh, our CEO and founder, Dan Godla, uh, we had worked together in prior space and some of the tools that we were using to help uh, clinical professionals assess patients is just, we felt it could be, he felt in particular, it could be done a little bit better um, and started to prototype the solution. He left that company and started to prototype the solution toward uh, helping providers provide health risk assessments to patients. And in the early part of 2015, he started fielding phone calls from a number of uh, the groups or healthcare providers that he had been working with who were introducing him to a program that was recently introduced by the CMS called the Chronic Care Management Program. So what is a Chronic Care Management Program? The Chronic Care Management Program is an opportunity for providers through support from clinical assistants such as medical assistants or any staff under the physician's, clinical staff under the physician's direction to provide non-face-to-face engagement with their patients. And, you know, it's just your normal type of care coordination, preventive and wellness type of activity. You get on the phone with your patient, you coach them through a comprehensive plan of care, you define goals and, and you identify the barriers to health improvements. So uh, Dan took note of some of the uh, opportunity provided through chronic care management. And before I move further on that, also the doctors do get reimbursed for the services they provide. So 20 minutes of service equates on the national level to about $43. Uh, when you scale the numbers out to your practice levels and you look at the average state of practice and how many of their population is, is Medicare eligible, and then you take the statistics behind you know, the number of people that are Medicare enrollees who actually have multiple chronic conditions, which are qualifiers for enrollment in the program, you can see opportunities to drive quality of life improvements and also see you know, revenue increases from it. So Dan started to pivot the platform a bit, allowing for some of the, the functionalities to meet the requirements that were stipulated per CMS in association with the program. And then we were off and running. And we started to you know, gain a lot of traction in terms of uh, signing up new practices to utilize our platform and helping manage you know, their chronically ill population outside of the office. So, And again, we also provide the tools that help the doctors track the time that's being spent and ultimately allows them to bill for the services they're providing. So really, that's it. We're not so unique in terms of a service that we're providing for our technology. There are certainly a lot of tremendous organizations, software uh, companies out there that provide services that are similar to ours. Uh, but we wanted to uh, you know, find our space in this, in this ecosystem of, of care coordination by providing tools that were easy to implement and that were really intuitive and, and streamlined and you know, worked to help expand the user experience to a point where they could spend more time providing care to their patients and less time mired in, in troublesome technologies. So fascinating stuff here, Earl. We're talking about practices maximizing the care and also reimbursement 
for caring for their Medicare populations. You mentioned 60 million people, two thirds of which have chronic conditions. How do we take care of these folks better and how do we get compensated for it? Tell me a little bit more about how this integrates into a typical practice, right? Uh, There's, you know, every practice has their unique setup. The EMR, EHR landscape is highly fragmented. How do you guys fit into the picture? Yes, it's certainly a great question. So we are not an electronic health record system. We are a complement to the EHR. EHR has tremendous value. They do a lot of a lot of things and they serve a lot of different purposes. But we want to extend that process and and allow for the doctors to have a tool, you know, that provides them the capability to drive to specific purposes as they're defined by you know, an overarching care coordination operation or wellness operation, and also meet the requirements as stipulated by CMS for enrollment of patients and for seeking, you know, claims reimbursements for the services. So there are very specific and targeted type of requirements in association with these programs. And, you know, admittedly, as doctors found themselves in the past trying to find ways to introduce these programs into their overall workflow, they found a number of challenges. They found that you know they weren't able to maybe get to the level of detail as required within their EHR, or they found the programs a bit too complicated, or you know the, the functionalities that were out there were just not streamlined to the point that they didn't add too much additional overhead to their overall operations. So those are the things that we aim through our platform, you know, to eliminate. We want to help get rid of those issues and allow docs and, and their clinical teams to take advantage of these great programs. So we, you know, our interoperability is, you know, top of the line, at least through through our lenses. We can integrate with pretty much any EHR platform. We have direct partnerships with a number of groups, uh, most you know, notably, you know, three of the top EHR platforms we're partnered with directly, uh, Athena, Allscripts. Uh, Epic. Uh, Dr. Crono is another tremendous partner to us. We we work with an interoperability uh, vendor who, who you may be familiar with. Their their name is Redox. Oh yeah, uh, Redox. Yeah, I had has, Nico has on the podcast. Tremendous Nico. Yes, we're we're, <laughs> we're uh, yes we are, we are friendly with Nico. We've uh, and you know and, with Nico quite Earl, often. You know what? We also had uh, the CEO of Dr. Crono on as well. So <laughs> small world, right? Yeah, they. They're yes, awesome. They're world. a really and neat company. They they are a very unique company. Uh, you know, their their tablet only EHR. It's really amazing. You know, you know, you, it, it certainly is. And from a partnership perspective, we can't speak highly enough about the partnership we have with Dr. Crono. Quite frankly, you know, we have similar relationships with all of the EHR sure, sure. vendors that you we have to. you have uh, have partnered with, and and they've been you know, realistic and certainly transparent in the sense that they welcome groups like ours to help extend the ability to provide top-notch healthcare services to an increasingly troubled population, I'll call it. As, you know, again, as people get older, we're finding that uh, the high majority of them are suffering from, you know, these, these chronic conditions, which can I don't know that we can eliminate them in, in total, but we can certainly manage them a lot more effectively. Ninety-five uh, percent of the Medicare population has at least one chronic condition, and again, two-thirds have two or more. And there's certainly cost impacts and health impacts, and there, there's ways that we can, you know, keep these things in check 
And we need to have the right, you know, certainly we have the, the right frame of mind in terms of trying to move the needle from a reactive care model to a proactive care model. Certainly, we need the technologies in place to help support that transition. And we believe that we have a solution that offers just that. You know, guided patient assessments, a comprehensive care plan, the ability to track time and integrate with EHR and exchange clinical summaries, exchange billing details, and allow the process to be you know, a very straightforward one and eliminate the overhead that is associated with, with the use of technology. I'll introduce a, another statistic where you saw we look at doctors. There's a study done by the advisory board or a, a number of groups that were put together through the advisory board. They had posted an article on a study that was done. They looked into, I think, 60 different physician practices, and they found that 27%, 27% of the time spent by the doctors was actually providing care to a patient, and almost 50% of their time was doing, you know, desk work. Mm-hmm. So what does that 49% of time, you know, what do we define as desk work? Okay, well, some of it's certainly working and charting and prescription refills and medication adherence and referrals. And a lot of that's being charted through the EHR. And you just have to believe that in that number, a lot of the time is spent, you know, by the doctors or their clinical staff, potentially fumbling through the technologies that they're utilizing. I think it seems, or at least it seems to me that you know, doctors and clinicians are, are getting into their fields because they want to practice care. They want to drive improvements in health outcomes, and, and they're spending upwards of 50% of their day working within technology platforms and, and doing the things that kind of support the overall operation. And they're not doing the things that they really want to do. So if we feel that if we can improve the user experience by even 1% or 2%, how many additional lives are touched by that clinic? in the course of a month or a year. And I don't have a, again, I don't have a specific number there, but you know, it would be quantifiable. And sure. if that touch point with that patient, you know, gives that, you know, clinical professional the opportunity to make a recommendation to a patient or provide a service to that patient that improves their quality of life, well, then we're doing something right. Love it, Earl. And folks, here's a takeaway. You're listening to this, ThoroughCare integrates with NEMR. They're able to help you maximize the care you provide to your Medicare population, maximize the payment associated with the time you invest. And the thing that strikes me as unique about you guys, Earl, I had a chance to go to your site, thoroughcare.net. If you guys are curious, thoroughcare.net, the pricing. You know, I find that pricing is one of those areas that, you know, today, you got to be competitive. And a lot of people are still kind of stuck in legacy models of pricing, but you guys seem to have a very unique pricing structure. And by unique, I mean, highly affordable and customizable. Do you mind chatting about that? Oh, not at all. So we will employ a number of different pricing models. So first and foremost, we're not simply stuck or, or bound by one particular pricing model. If there are you know, working in the software space, there are a number of different types of models. Most predominant one is, you know, your traditional member per month type of pricing where you're just paying on an entire population. But we wanted to, to, to I suppose, take a little bit more of, of a risk in terms of how we are, are compensated in the sense that we're only going to pull a component of the reimbursement for those that are utilizing our platform in support of the fee-for-service programs. We'll only take a piece of the reimbursement if you are qualifying the patient for a reimbursement. So again, for the traditional chronic care management service where 
certified nursing assistant under the general supervision of a physician is providing 20 minutes of, of chronic care management service in a month, the national average reimbursement is about $43. We'll take a piece of that qualification. So if you cannot work a patient to that threshold in a given month, then we're not getting paid aside from a small, a small hosting fee that we charge just to, you know, pass through our costs that, you know, we uh, are required to pay to our hosting vendor. That, that's the model we chose to employ because we, we recognize that, you know, we need to be able to take more risk in this operation. And it's not easier for the smaller practices to just pay us set fees. If, if, if they have you know, challenges in their ability from an operational standpoint in, in engaging with their patients, and they're not able to move the needle forward and get patients managed in that time frames that qualify them for a reimbursement, then we're not, we're just not going to get paid for that service. So, uh, so bottom line, like a hundred bucks per month and 250 bucks to set it up. Is that right? Yeah. So we charge. I mean, that's just crazy, right? I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, it's amazing. So anybody like, you know, running into issues, like you, you have no excuse. There's an opportunity here to really maximize what you're doing. Or, or am I missing something, Earl? Well, there's, so there's the hosting and the implementation. We just charge a one-time fee to, to you know, load, you know, your, your patient yeah. records into our platform to right. set up any direct integration with DHR to train your, your staff on, on the use of our platform. Um, so it's a pretty cost-effective, you know, setup process that we, we introduced to, to set up the platform. And in fact, we can have an instance, a shell instance of your production environment set up in a matter of hours after contract execution, which is also we feel is a differentiator. It's huge. Uh, for us. Hosting is, you know, it's about $100 a month on average. It depends certainly on the size of the practice. If we're storing a lot of data, if we're managing a lot of patients, after we hit certain thresholds, there may be a, a per record cost of okay. a couple of cents so per patient that follows after that. Mm-hmm. It, it will on scale. And then certainly, again, the, the predominant fee in, in our structure is is the pull from the claim. So right, when right. you qualify a, a, the patient for the claim reimbursement, then we'll, we'll take a small piece of that. If you are hitting minimum thresholds each month, you know, for guarantees against minimum numbers per month, we'll drop your charges almost, you know, 50% or more on the per patient uh, per, per qualified claim reimbursement fees to be charged. So again, it's, it's, so I, I, I find myself, you know, in a position of puzzlement. I, I, I suppose it, there's not a, a better term for it. Each time I look at the financial possibilities for, for a provider, especially those who are working in rural areas that are being pinched by Medicare in terms of their contracted rates and are dealing with, you know, disproportionately higher volume of chronic patients, as we know, or maybe uh, your listeners don't know, those who are living in rural areas are m- much more subject to the chronic ailments than those of us living in urban areas by, you know, a, a quantifiable number of percentage points. So uh, when you're when you're a doctor in a rural area and you're struggling for income, but you need to get your people in a better position of health, these programs are, are really second to none. If you look at the average single doctor practice, we take it at about 3,000 patients and they see about 20 percent, 20 plus percent are Medicare. And again, you get to uh, you get to looking at about two thirds of them being uh, or having the two chronic ailments that qualify the patient for enrollment in CCM. If you're enrolling and actively managing half of your population, you can see a revenue increase of anywhere between 100 and $150,000 a year. Now, 
of course, you can't you can't just add this to your existing clinical staff's task list. You have to dedicate uh, services toward you know the provision of these uh, of these programs. And again, it's under a doctor's supervision, so you can hire medical assistants uh, to support the, the telephonic or you know telehealth based engagements with patients. You don't require the doctor to be on the phone with the patient 20 minutes a month or charting the patient information for 20 minutes a month. There's a very small amount of time that the doctor's involvement is required for these programs. And again, a lot of a lot of the services provided directly through support of a medical assistant or a certified nursing specialist. So marginally speaking, the revenue opportunities are tremendous. And 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 this is a way, again, not only to keep, you know, to to move people into a better state of health, but also to introduce more financial solvency to your practice and potentially allow you to keep it. We know a lot of practices are being swallowed up by bigger health systems and these types of programs. And and I'm just talking about the chronic care management program at the moment. There are a, there's a portfolio of care management, wellness services, annual wellness visits, uh, the transitional care management program for management for managing a patient from a readmission for 30 days after a discharge from the hospital setting. Uh, the remote patient monitoring program is that's for us. That's been we we've been busier than ever in working to support the remote patient monitoring program, which allows a number of opportunities for providers to be reimbursed for providing remote monitoring devices to their patients and managing the information coming off of those devices and taking the necessary action based on the readings that are received by the practice. So again, they, there's, there's a claim reimbursement just for providing the device. There's a claim reimbursement for managing the content coming off the device for 20 minutes a month. And these, again, tremendous revenue opportunities. You Errol, put them all together, you add your yeah, I'm sorry. So there's, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. So, I mean, there's a huge opportunity, right? That's clear. No doubt about it. Um, there, There's more than one area of focus that you guys are doing it. Let's dive into what you feel has been a setback. You know, tell me what a big learning has been that's made you guys better today. So, such, such a great question. I certainly, the setback for us probably as you can find yourself in any, anyone who's worked in the software operation, the guy I've been in it for my entire career, you, you find yourself feeling like the solutions that you'll build are, are a one size fits all solution in the sense that, you know, you've identified a need and you've, you've documented requirements and you've put together, you know, a functional solution that you think will be applauded and accepted by everyone. And you release it to the to the wild, so to speak, and and you come to find that there are challenges in in the efficiency and the solution that you're, you're providing. So um, I think, like a lot of software organizations, again, you, you find yourself developing a solution. Sometimes it's you know you think that you're you're providing uh, that solution which is going to fit you know, a global customer need, and then you you find out you didn't take enough steps to ensure that that was in fact the reality. So we've certainly had. You know, in, in trying to further understand these platforms and how our, our clients and our partners will utilize them, and we've certainly found ourselves in a position that, you know, we're really not hitting the mark like we should be. So for us, it, it became a, a harder pivot in the sense that we're not clinicians. We don't work in the field. I'm a technologist. I don't have a clinical background. My business partner, Dan Godla, he, he's, you know, cut from the same cloth as me. You know, we certainly identify the opportunity to provide healthcare professionals with a solution that is efficient, 
but we struggle to think you know, or, or see directly through their lenses because again, we don't provide care. So we've we've made it a point in our mission to you know provide we can call it solutions designed with clinicians in mind, and we don't go out the door with any solution without having a clinical resource look at it, provide us feedback, and ensure that they can you know introduce an efficiency into their operations. Um, so that that's that was certainly uh, a struggle for us, uh, you know, in the early introduction of our of our platform services and support of these programs. You know, you, you think you know what you know, and then you come to the reality that maybe you don't. And uh, you know, we've made it a point to ensure that you know we're not the only experts here. It's not about us; it's about our clients. And if they can't, you know, effectively touch the lives of their patients, then we're doing them a disservice. That's a great share, Earl, and testament to you guys keeping your pulse on the market and kind of hearing what they want, not just building it and thinking they're going to come. What would you say you're most excited about today? Yeah, so uh, a couple of, of things, if, if I could. So first, I'm going to go uh, or, or, or reflect on a message that was similar question was asked to Mark Cuban recently. What do you, what do you feels to come in the world and, and he's rather excited about it and I am for for very similar reasons. And he, he basically started talking about how as Americans we're we're persistent in our ability to persevere and find ways to overcome situations that were mired in just such as you know the COVID pandemic, right? And and we overcome in a lot of ways through entrepreneurship and you know, the formulation of world changing businesses that, you know, maybe people wouldn't have had or or, or been forced into that capacity if there wasn't a pandemic, right? So a silver lining in all this is that when we look back on this pandemic someday, and this certainly applies to the healthcare ecosystem, we're going to realize that there were, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50 world-class companies that were spun up and created specifically as a result of this pandemic. So I kind of look into the crystal ball a bit that way, and and I'm really excited about what the you know, what will become of the world of healthcare just because of the innovation and creativity of, you know, of people and their, you know, persistence and wanting to, you know, protect ourselves from getting into this type of situation again in the future and find opportunities to, you know, improve health outcomes. Uh, For us as an organization, you know, we've had, certainly have had barriers to entry in association with the programs that we support because I don't, you don't, as a, as a patient, necessarily feel like you're you're getting something out of a proactive care model, right? So if, if you're a patient, you're not you know rooted in this environment like you and I are, Saul. You if you're a patient, you go to the doctor and you say I'm sick, and the doctor provides you medicine or they you know run blood tests or something, and there's a little bit more. It, it, the service that's provided is seemingly a bit more structured or concrete, and I don't know that patients. We're, we're noticeably understanding the value of a proactive and preventive care model. When you look at the world today and you realize that, you know, a lot of the people that are affected by COVID are those that are the chronic elderly. So people are becoming more aware of the fact that, you know, they are, if they are targeted by this disease, you know, meaning that they are part of the population that is, that is defined as the chronic elderly, then maybe they want to think about taking ways or taking the steps to improve 
their quality of life and give them a better chance of you know avoiding this pandemic or this disease. And if they are in a position where they do you know find themselves you know, burdened by the disease, that you know a better uh, health status could help them overcome it. So I think I'm excited for a shift, a further shift in the model from reactive care to proactive care because I think people, the awareness within individuals as to the importance of quality of life improvements, it will start to take, you know, further shape as a result of the pandemic. And it's, you know, it's where a lot of us have wanted to be for quite a long time. We don't necessarily like to dig for silver linings in such a a horrific situation such as this one, but the hope is that people will be more accountable for their care and and, and awareness will be much higher. As a result, that's a good one, Earl. Yeah, it's certainly a lot to be excited about because of that. So, love it. You know, the services and the technology that you guys are providing are highly valuable. Folks, thoroughcare.net is where you would go to find out more. Earl, let's just leave the listeners with a closing thought and then the best place where they could reach out to you or your team to find out more. Yeah, again, I think my last message is, I think, my, my most important one. I think people, you know, us as a population, will be more aware now of the value of, of health improvements and overall quality of life uh, and, you know, and better outcomes in, in how that translates to other types of situations such as the COVID pandemic. And again, more than ever, uh, the elderly Americans are ready and willing to engage with, you know, with their healthcare providers and decrease their risk of infection. And it's really on our healthcare providers to use this opportunity to, to drive the benefits of, of care coordination and wellness programs. Uh, you can reach me uh, again. Our, our website is www.thoroughcare. That's T-H-O-R-O-U-G-H-C-A-R-E.net. Uh, and you can feel free to reach out to me directly. Uh, my email address is Earl, E-A-R-L, at thoroughcare.net. Thanks all. Hey, Earl, uh, thank you and uh, appreciate all the work that you guys are doing to make things easier for for practices today. COVID is providing some huge challenges and being able to maximize what you guys are offering on chronic care management. And, you know, even like you mentioned, the the remote care aspects of it are going to be critical to survive. Let's just put it that way, Um, but also thrive once this is all over. So kudos to you and your team, Earl. Thank you for sharing what you guys are doing. Well, thank you for that, Saul, and thank you so much again uh, for the opportunity to join you today. It's a tremendous service that you are providing uh, to our community as well. Thanks again.